Welcome to episode 124 of Shanlin on Batman. Today, Justin and I will be joined by a good friend of the show, Daniel Alter, to talk about the Joker movie, Matt Reeves' Batman, and of course, Aquaman. All right, welcome to the show, Daniel Alter. Glad to have you back on. We got so much to talk about. I know you've seen Aquaman two times, I believe. You're at, you've seen it twice, right? Indeed, I have. So we'll, we'll get to that a little bit later, but before we get into that, we have to talk the Joker, because we haven't had this conversation, I don't believe, about the Joker. I, uh, we, you know, we heard the news that Joaquin Phoenix was going to do the Joker, Todd Phillips is directing, I didn't think he was an inspired choice, but seeing some set picks and hearing some good word of mouth about the Joker, I am sold on the film. Uh, what are your thoughts on it so far? Uh, well, first things first, guys, can you hear me? Do I sound clear? Yes. Loud and clear. Okay. Okay, good. That's good to know. So, uh, hi boys. How are you? And hi to the audience. Um, the Joker, look, uh, you know what? I'm going to say something to you guys. First thing regarding the director, you just said, Justin, uh, I actually think that's kind of inspired choice of that movie. I think I've said that before. If, If you, if you look at him, you know, obviously he's a comedy director, but he has a really elevated visual style. So, you know, if you just look at the behind the scenes talent of that movie in terms of him and obviously Scorsese as a producer, I, that's one of the stronger elements of this this production, along with, you know, obviously the actor who's playing the character. Uh, look, I conceptually am against this film. And what I mean by that is I'm all about shared universes. I'm all about, you know, the, the DCU being similar to the Marvel U and everything working with each other. Uh, that said they're making this movie for like pennies on the dollar. They have triple a talent involved. They have no way in which they won't make a lot of money. Uh, you know, venom to me, which was always sort of like an annoying distraction that was going to like break even worst case scenario. And then maybe go away. Hopefully absolutely overperformed and, you know, did what it needed to do. And then some probably. So, you know, Again, with regard to Joker guys, like I just conception and business plan don't really agree with what they're doing. But creatively, I got to be fair. They got really cool elements, and I'm kind of excited. Well, to me, it, if this movie is a huge hit, it, to me it doesn't make sense because it seems like it's going to overperform. You know, you have the Crown Prince of Crime, a solo venture that has this like amazing 80s Tim Burton aesthetic to it. I'm loving what he looks like as the Joker, this origin story. So we may get elements of Red Hood or, you know, Killing Joke or something like that. But for me, you know, I'm kind of this, you know, the artistry behind it, I'm, you know, I'm a fan of. But for them to kind of put this in this sort of Elseworlds, uh, corner of you know their their dc cinematic universe to me doesn't make sense because if this is a huge smash hit 
I would love to see, you know, Affleck go against this version of the Joker at some point. You know, like that would be if it's that big of a movie. Yeah, you just said it. I mean, that's that's the thing, right? I mean, it 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 just comes down to like what their strategy is, you know, versus the Marvel strategy, which I think continues to get more and more cohesive. Frankly, if you look at like what's going on with Netflix stuff, for example, and the mm-hmm. TV stuff, and how they're consolidating all that. Um, but again, like you know, I see the set photos. I'm a fan of the talent involved behind the scenes, and. You know, I feel like at the budget they're making this just on a business, you know, level, they can't fail. I'll also say to you that I've never been a fan of the bifurcation strategy that they did, again, in terms of, you know, comparing Marvel to DC. And it has worked for them, though, in various ways, obviously. So if you're maybe going to be the company that does the bifurcation, maybe you can also be the company that gets away with having Elseworlds with your film universe. So, you know, I can spend a lot of time being critical and I can also spend time saying i don't know everything i do know a lot but i don't know everything and uh you know honestly like it's just such good elements i am not a fan of suicide squad i really don't like that movie uh jared leto as the joker was not bad i would not mind seeing him go up against ben affleck's batman i'm interested to see what James Gunn could do with a Suicide Squad sequel. I've said before when they were talking about having the rock star in it, that's a way to keep the brand alive. So, you know, again, these conflict things are kind of fluid. I don't, I don't like, you know, back to the Todd Phillips thing, I think his best movie other than uh, The Hangover was Starskin Hutch. And that was a very a different movie. Did you, you know, see the was, film he did with Jonah Hill? War Dogs? Yeah. I have not. Okay. Well, I heard good things. Yeah, it's 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 actually pretty good, and it's really well done. And I, again, I think if if you just look at him as a filmmaker, you know, as I said, I think he has a more elevated visual style than a lot of other comedy directors. So I, I must say, <laughs> there's something really interesting, and I think that's what Scorsese probably saw in him as a producer. There's something really interesting about the blend of his comic sensibilities with his heightened visual style. He could be a really interesting director for a certain piece of material like this now if this movie is going to be a huge hit like i think it's going to be is this a one-off film or is there a plan for them to kind of or do you think there could be a plan for them to kind of have you know a sequel or you know this one set in the 80s maybe a sequel set in the 90s and at some point i i mean anytime you make money obviously you're going to look at that i would assume that if you're 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 dipping into a well of exploiting you know this ip with regard to the dc stuff in terms of making something that's not in the dc universe the filmic dc universe but but exists you know externally to that and it succeeds i don't know why you wouldn't duplicate that business plan with something else i'm sure they will and what, you know, like how I look at it right now is we've always had a one-off Joker when it comes to actors playing actors, roles. Actors, right, right. Jo- that was ever you know, yeah. Nicholson, one and done. Heath Ledger, we know the story behind that. Jared yeah. Leto is going to yeah. be doing. We, we uh, all assume that Jared Leto would repeat, though. That has all <laughs> always been the assumption, and I would like to see him reprise the role in the universe they've created. And I would like to see him, you know, in the best case, you know, I'll go up against Affleck, but you know, that's me in a whole different tangent. Um, Kyle thoughts 
Man, even though we've had months of knowing this movie existed and months of that photos, it, it almost still seems hard to believe that this actually exists. Like it's actually going to be happening. Like never would I thought. Agreed. Never would I have thought we were going to be in a position here where we get this Elseworlds Joker story, starring Joaquin Phoenix, totally disconnected from everything else going on in the DC universe right now. I'm still not really sure how I feel about it. I've, I've tried, I've tried to come to the grips with it for the past couple of months, but I don't know. Like, it's gonna be one of those scenes where I'm just gonna have to go see it to really get an opinion on it. I, I mean, that's with every movie, but as there, are you just not excited because it's kind of in this else worlds? Uh, partially, like I, I do really like the idea of having everything being connected. So the fact that this is disconnected, almost in a way, makes it feel like it doesn't really matter what happens in it. I don't like I don't know like I'm just worried that they don't have their ducks in a row to, to if this movie's successful is it just one and done I mean if it is it is one and done whatever but I just want them to have more of a if this movie's successful let's go back and you know see if Joaquin wants to reprise the role maybe he had a good time doing it or maybe bring him into you know, the Batman universe, wherever Matt Reeves decides to be. Um, did you just drop something, Dan? I just dropped my phone as I was listening to you guys. Uh, I'll use that as a moment to jump in. Look, I, I think he will potentially be part of conversations going forward if the film was successful, unless I, I can't imagine that he, he meets some untimely fate at the end of the movie. It's, it's kind of an origin story, right? So right. why wouldn't you... Why wouldn't you repurpose him if he's successful? Right, I agree. And he's the same age as Affleck. Well, I mean, with or without Affleck, honestly. I mean, just right. why wouldn't you? I mean, at this point, like, if the film is successful in its own right, and I, my prediction to you guys a year out, less than a year out now, what, we nine months out, seven, eight months out? I mean, this is it next it will be October? A, yeah, it would be a massively successful. Oh, was it October? I thought it was August. Okay, it would be a massively successful film. I mean, I mean if, said, if, if Venom can do the numbers that it did, I, I don't think you can roll out a $100 million opening weekend for the Joker. Yeah. And it's, you know, if they, if they market it, if they set it right before Halloween, they could market it, you know, the huge Halloween crowd. You could see, you know, all the kids dressed as Joaquin Phoenix Joker. Because well, that's what exactly what happened after Heath Ledger was the Joker. Yeah, he, Jared, he, he's Jared a, Leto. He, he, look, with regards to the Joker, you're dealing with a character who, who, in terms of his value as a brand, as an intellectual property, he he's almost as valuable as the Batman character himself. He's one of DC Comics' most valuable properties. He's more valuable than 99.9% of their superhero characters. So, for Warner Brothers in DC, this is a gravy train. I, I feel like the Joker, and when you ever, whenever you add him to a Batman film, you just automatically it's a, you're ca you're you're about to cash a hundred million dollar check. Like you well, can just <laughs> yeah. I mean, now you're going down that that thing of when you say whenever. I mean, it, it's 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 odd, right? Because he's only been the the villain in a couple of the films, even though he's so much the driving force of his villain mythology in the books it's weird actually um I, I, you're gonna say something dan say well it. no i'm holding back i'm going to say i, I was say it's weird <laughs> I, I 
you know, the, the Heath Ledger situation is the Heath Ledger situation. <laughs> like you said, very tragic. I always, you know, wondered what Nolan would have done had that not happened in terms of a, a, a next movie. And Avenger Dark Knight Rises. Well, yeah, and, and, and just in terms, yeah, and, and but but not just that. In terms of just, in, in terms of just Batman as a franchise, that's exactly it. I mean, I just I, I'm kind of sad for the character because I see like the management of the Robert Downey Jr. you know interpretation of Iron Man, how many films he's been through, and how they've just been able to explore and exploit that character. And I, God, I love the Nolan films. I mean, especially the first two. I, I to be honest with you, I got a lot of gripes the third one, but. I, I just feel that the Batman character, Bruce Wayne, he's never been given his proper due in the sense of really exploring that character and that mythology in that universe. You know, which brings into what's going on with the Matt Reeves. You know, it's a perfect segue into, you know, the Matt Reeves project. We really haven't. I mean, the last thing we've heard is that, you know, the, the rewrite of the script is due at the end of the year. Which kind of is weird because doesn't Hollywood shut down like Friday, like this, like two days from now? Well, yeah, but I mean that's a different, I mean thing. I mean, who knows when he's get the script is due versus when he'll actually, you know, turn it in. And you know, you're talking about a really high level, you know, situation there. Obviously, it's, it doesn't apply to the rest of the 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 hustle and bustle of the town, probably. I mean, I'm still interested in the, and I'm still interested in his take on it. I'm still, you know, I still hope I, I hold out hope that he wants to bring Affleck on board and continue him on, even though it sounds like he's I, I want to hold you. I want to hold your breath on that one. But OK, I, I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know what I should. I, anyway, yeah, I mean, it sounds like they want to go younger. He wants to do his own thing. I mean, and but that goes back to what we're talking about with the Joker, you know, how, you know, do they have, you know, could, do they have this plan for, you know, this Batman? Is this Batman going to be kind of its own corner of the DC universe? Is this going to be, you know, what, you know, if there's a Justice League 2, you know, with James Wan directing Justice League 2, uh, could, you know, is James Wan going to have to use the Matt Reeves Batman could he bring in Ben Affleck into it? You know, those are questions that remain unanswered. Like that's what I just want to know for me as a fan of the character of Batman who loves the cinematic version of Batman so much that I created an own Batman podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like my question, you know, remains is what are these plans going to be? Do, are we going to have, you know, you know, two different versions of Batman going on at the same time. What happens to the Jared Leto Joker? Is Matt Reeves going to, you know, bring Jared Leto in, Joaquin Phoenix, or does Matt Reeves want to do, you know, his own version of the Joker? To me, the, those things need to be answered because you have, you know, we're going to talk about Aquaman and the success of that. You know, what happens if Aquaman's successful? There's so many questions. I'm, I'm looking forward to Matt Reeves. I'm still, I'm still under the impression. You know, I hate to say I'm a huge fan of his, you know, I love his uh, Planet of the Apes movies. Uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is one of my favorite films. You know, I'd say like top 30, top 40 favorite films. I thought it was really well done. I love Gary Oldman in it. Jason Clark's amazing in it. I love how what they do with Caesar. War, on the other hand, I didn't really fall in love with. It has its issues for me, but it's not a terrible film. 
you know, I still like, I still question why is he the guy? And I don't mean that to be, you know, uh, disrespectful. I just, what, what is he going to bring to the table? Like what, you know, we haven't really well, heard. I, I, I mean, look, I think he's the guy because he's one of the most in-demand filmmakers in Hollywood at this point. And so the moment he expresses interest in working on a project such as Batman, that's very appealing to any studio in this case, Warner brothers. So that's why he's the guy. And uh, obviously he's, you know, made some really great films. Probably one of the best filmmakers working today, in my opinion. Uh, I, by the way, I don't disagree with you though, in terms of apes, I, I, I really love the second one. The third one was good, but I thought did get a little dark and a little, um, it, it started to, to sort of uh, buckle in under its own weight a little bit to me in terms of its, its commercial uh, create a ceiling for itself commercially. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, you're talking about, you know, really a triple A piece of talent. So I'm very excited to see what you know he could do with that. Obviously, that's a separate issue from where you and I both agree about what has been seeded in the existing DC universe with regard to, you know, Ben Affleck just being a great Batman. And right. we'd like to see that, you know, continued. And I'd like to see that in the same way that, Juan has played in the already existing universe that you know, Snyder created with Batman vs. Superman and Justice League and, and casting Momoa. I would just love to see if Reeves is making Batman, him to take Affleck and just to, you know, create his corner of the, the Batman universe. And that, you know, corner could eventually intersect with the interpretation of the Joker that Jared Leto has done. So, you know, whatever, that's where you and I both agree, and there's Sepatico, and Kyle, and you agree too, but we don't know what will or won't happen. Um, you know, it, it, all these things are fluid, dude. Yeah, it's like, I'm just, I want to get excited for this, but until, you know, I see someone cast, you know, until I see, you know, them, you know, building sets or, you know, film role, you know, I, until until those things line up for me, I'm just not there yet. Maybe maybe when those things do come for me, I maybe maybe Kyle can speak better on this because he's kind of like the more wait and see kind of guy than I am. But you know, Kyle, I mean, you've said it before. Go ahead. Yeah, like at, at this point, it it is hard to say whether or not he is the guy. We're gonna have to wait and see on that, obviously. Uh, but for me personally, it's like it's been so long since we first heard of this announcement that Matt Reeves is going to be doing the project. And it still feels like it's so far away from actually happening that I, it's hard for me to care at this point because it's like, yeah, like we're not going to get casting until maybe next year. We're not going to hear any rumblings about the movie actually starting until next year. Like at this point, it's like, yeah, it, it's a it's a thing. And it's going to continue to be a thing until who knows when. It's kind of like the Flash situation. We had, you know, we had Rick, I can never pronounce his last name. He was going to direct it. Then he mm -hmm. dropped off. Then we heard that Bob Zemeckis was interested. And he. then we heard that there was going to be a Flashpoint. Then that fell apart. And then we heard that, you know, the guy who did, the guys who did uh, Game Night, right, they were doing right. it. And then it got, that movie got pushed back. And now I saw something recently where where the Flash isn't you know a huge priority at the studio right now. So it's like, well, what is going on with these films? You know, we right. Got well, I, right. But again, like that's the the word I just used to you, isn't it? Fluid. I, I just think like with regard 
First thing, I think in fairness, I was the same with regard to Warner Bros. They're fluid. Marvel's fluid too. I mean, everything is, right. is reactionary, right? I mean, Marvel is going to look at the success of Black Panther, and that's going to dictate a lot of how they go forward. So, in, in terms of DC, things keep changing, right? I mean, just be fair. You know, Aquaman is going to do what it's going to do, but Justice League did what it did, and that had certain effects, and that's why you didn't get that Flashpoint movie that we were all excited about. Whether you agree with that decision or not, I personally don't. I think they should have just stuck. Either. Yeah, I think they should have just 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 stuck with it and just made Flashpoint, honestly. But they didn't, and and now here we are. So you just have to keep looking and just keep you know holding your breath and waiting and hoping. And there you go. I mean, the elements I want to see with this upcoming Batman isn't. I don't want to see a, a Batman origin. I, I've already. I, I feel like we've gotten the definitive version of that. And Batman sure. Begins. Sure. My hope yeah. for this upcoming Batman is this dude, who is a younger version of Batman, because it sounds like that's where they're going to be taking it. But I want to see this dude almost like he's not in his prime, but he's at the end of the movie, he's in his prime. And then that next film, we get that Batman who's dealing with a rogue scallery that's been doing it for a couple years, and a, versus a Batman who's in his prime. And I want to see a version of Batman where he's Batman for 65, 70% of that movie. You know, I don't know if you, I, you may never have played, you know, the Arkham games. I don't know if you mm-hmm. have. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a, you know, I don't play them, but I, I hang out with people who are playing them. But yeah. Like the idea of Batman just being Batman for 95% of the game is so kick-ass. Like, could you imagine just a Batman film where Batman is Batman you know, for a majority of the film. That's why I love the, the last 30 minutes of Batman Begins so much is because it's just straight on Batman scene after Batman scene. You know, we got the scene where he go, you know, we get that big takes uh, chase sequence through the city of Chicago. Then it comes back, you know, they're at the party and then it's just straight up Batman. The last 25, 30 minutes of that film. That's why I love that movie so much. You know, I, you know, some days I love that movie just slightly more than Dark Knight because you're getting, you know, Batman just kicking ass for 30 minutes. So, I mean, that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that's his take, and it's not going to take us back to, you know, a film where we're seeing the same the same beats that we've seen in, you know, in Batman 89 and Batman Forever and Batman Begins, right. you know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, personally, I mean, you know, I at this point, that's exactly it. I've, I've seen the Batman origin story done, you know, pretty damn well. And I've seen, uh, you know, him and the Joker first going up against each other done pretty damn well. So, and I've seen, you know, various characters within the rogues gallery done pretty well. And what, what I really, one of the things I really liked about Batman versus Superman and that carried over in Justice League was that older Batman who had already gone through these things that the audience is just so educated in because there's been movies, there's been the animated series, there's been the old 60s series. That we were just like, hey, Batman is thrown into the Superman, you know, slash Justice League universe. And mm-hmm. if you're not going to have, you know, interacting with them in some, you know, world saving capacity against Steppenwolf, that's fine. But I think we've really gone through the generic, you know, Gotham. I remember that. I mean, the TV show. I mean, that version of these characters. What audiences want cinematically is more the Arkham Asylum. It's more the 
Batman universe stuff. It's more some of the villains already do exist. And you could really go crazy right now with the Penguin. You could really go crazy with characters like Clayface and Killer Croc and start to just really exploit. I mean, you know, obviously to me, Red Hood, as you just brought up, I mean, that to me is right. a super untapped character mythology. You could literally make your version of the Winter Soldier Batman movie. Right. And by the way, you could have Jared Leto in that movie as a Joker. So I, I, I wish they would do that. I don't know what they're doing. I'm just talking to you guys as a fan right now. Um, we will wait and see. Well, it seems like, you know, with the Birds of Prey, you know, that food film is going to do its thing. It's bringing yeah, in and Black Mass. That should, or at least could, inform, you know, future Batman movies if you were to have Affleck back. Yeah, and it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to, to have... I mean, isn't Backers supposed to be in Birds of Prey? Like, like it's like maybe I read that wrong. Was Batgirl supposed to have like an appearance or a cameo in Birds of Prey? Right, right. Something I don't know, honestly. But yeah, it, it, it's all it's part of that universe. It's part of that world. It's part that that's the title. You know, what do they do or don't use her? Obviously, you're 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 making it a <laughs> spinoff to Suicide Squad, which is a Batman title in the first place. Birds of Prey is a Batman title. Harlequin is a Batman character. I mean, this universe, in terms of DC, the Bat Corner of the DC universe, which is not just Bruce Wayne slash Batman, but all of the characters, is really valuable real estate. Right. You know, like we heard, you know, that, that the Lego Batman director was going to do Nightwing, and then that seemed like that kind of petered out. And I don't know, like, like to me, you're using, you got Birds of Prey, you got Black Mask. Then we heard, you know, uh, Victor Zaz is going to be in it. They just cast that uh, actor in the role. You have, I mean, it goes on and on. It just, if you're going to have, you know, imagine for one second, Jared Leto as the Joker, Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, and Ben Affleck as Batman in one movie. $1.5 billion right there. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, honestly. I mean, I mean, I mean, without getting, you know, I, I love the 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 hyperbolic nature, because I'm a fan of that, that, that sort of vernacular myself. I mean, I, I, that's exactly it. If you were to just make a Batman movie right now and you were to keep Ben Affleck in it and that continuity, but you were to put Jared Leto and Margot Robbie in it, you know, that's, you know, you make a suicide squad sequel with them and nobody really cares. You put them in a Batman movie with Ben Affleck and you'll see numbers, the likes of which, are massive and it, it, it's similar to what avengers made all that money and it was so much more money to go fathom because when you start to mash these things up and that was my point frankly about venom because now that venom has done so well and i have no doubt that when you eventually put tom hardy's venom and tom holland's spider-man on screen together you'll be the highest grossing spider-man movie now people right. want to see these things happen i mean and the, and then that helps your library your pre-existing library Exactly. Absolutely. Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman. Absolutely. Justice League. People are going to go buy Justice League. You know, oh, yeah. You know, like. Yeah, Justice League is Justice League is going to be a such an interesting case study because it's it 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 is a failed film Mm -hmm. itself. And yet it is part of a pipeline that has other successful films. And going forward, it's residual values library title is exponentially more than it would be in its own right because of those external factors. It's fascinating. Yeah, and I mean, it would, you know, it would help that. It would both, people would go like, hey, I, w- I want more of these. So 
I'm going to go, or, you know, I'm going to go pick up justice league or, Hey, I want to go, I want to go, you know, let's do this DC, uh, you know, movie marathon. I'm going to go pick up. The only one I'm missing is justice league. Cause I'm no, gonna- I, 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 a hundred percent. I mean, listen, we're, you know, Aquaman. I mean, that is, you know, just to, to use your word, a segue. I mean, that is exactly, it. I mean, Aquaman is a going to be a hugely successful film. It's a really good film. And he is in justice league, which right. was not a great film and was not a hugely successful film, but is part of the series now. Before we get into Aquaman, I feel like are, are we good on the Batman talk for now? Like, can we can we segue you, into you, Greenland? You tell me, dude. You say, "Hey, <laughs> we, man, we, come on my podcast and talk to me about Batman and the Joker." We I don't know. Talk, so, we gotta talk. Uh, about, are you good? I mean, Kyle, are we? Are you solid? I'm I'm pretty good on it. I I want to talk Green Lantern. The idea of a Green Lantern film. Set as like a Star Wars, uh, I'm trying to think the right terminology here, like a Star Wars, a space epic. deep space opera, space epic, you know, with, you know, the likes of Tom Cruise or, you know, they could, they could go, you know, Tom Cruise, they could do Jon Stewart. And then they're those, you know, those characters are looking for, uh, what's her fate? Is it Jessica Cruz? I can never remember her name. Is it Jessica Cruz? Like, could you imagine that? And, you know, Tom Cruise is like the maverick of the film, pun intended. Um, um, but he's the, he's the maverick of the film. And you have this young Jon Stewart, you know, you, you fuck up the, the uh, you know, the chronology of Green Lanterns and everything. I don't give a shit. But having an, a Tom Cruise with a young Jon Stewart and they're going to find Jessica Cruise. You know, for, for you know, I'm like, what the fuck? Why have they not tapped into Green Lantern? Like a Lord of the Rings, Star Wars. Well, in space. well, well. Okay, okay. Well, first things first. They they have they have tapped into Green Lantern. It was a big budget uh, disaster that starred a Deadpool, and <laughs> uh, that was that was the tap into Green Lantern. Um, you know, on that subject, yeah. Why have they not tapped into him in the existing DC universe? And, and I'm sure they were eventually going to tap into him. Um, didn't Snyder originally say Unite the Seven? And wasn't that, I'm assuming one of them was Green what, Lantern, right? Wasn't there a scene uh, in Justice League where they showed the lanterns fighting or something? Or was that a dream I had? What is a, I mean, there's a scene in the trailer where they say no lanterns. I mean, yeah. I mean there, there was thing. a moment where there is a Green Lantern. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, again, that, that, that mythology was, was certainly embraced and going to be exploited as part of the plan early on. Uh, look, they're working on that movie. They're going to make that movie, hopefully. And if they do it right, it'll be a better Aquaman. In terms of its success, I mean, that's, I mean, that's is just it, is it Jeff Johns writing the script? Yeah, I mean, he's writing the script. He's 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 if if you let him, if you, I'm I'm curious to see what his draft will look like, and I'm sure it would be awesome because I think that take as well, the Green Lantern Corps as a take, that is just a great way into the material where you you just bust out the mythology as opposed to making sort of a a one dimensional you know superhero story. Yeah, that's just like the guy getting the ring on Earth and having extra abilities and whatever. And that's exactly what they did. And that's maybe that was, you know, kind of the point that that's cool, but that can kind of be generic. You need to peel back the layers of the onion and go really far and get really radical in a way that the modern day audience has been more educated to be more sophisticated and to be able to embrace that kind of stuff. 
I just think that that getting that film because that could you know it's you could take that into so di different many you know iterations of Green Lantern. It doesn't have to be you know the Guy Gardner the. Uh, Hal Jordan, Green Lantern. You could have just a well. It John doesn't have Stewart. to be right. Limited to those guys. That's exactly it. I mean, look, I, I want John Stewart. I mean, I'm of the generation. Right, me where too. Be John Stewart's my Green Lantern, and that was a big mistake in the in the Deadpool version. No pardon the pun. Um, I, honestly, I felt even then. I felt like even then it was like, why are you when they were making that movie? I was like, why are you not taking advantage of the fact that there's a huge lack of superheroes who aren't white on screen and they could have they could have owned that uh but they didn't they made that movie it was uh you know how jordan movie and all due respect to how jordan it was too little too late and it didn't work so uh, you know i i i want to see john stewart that's why i'd have to be part of justice league but beyond john stewart you know to your jessica cruz point and all that and and what they're developing the green lantern core that is just an incredibly rich mythology within the DC universe. And I think is a, another really valuable corner, another really valuable piece of real estate that as you exploit right, you can get a lot of great returns. And they should get Gary Oldman as Sinestro. Sure. Get him. Oh, I just like Kyle thoughts. What are, what are you thinking here on Green Lantern? What's going on? Green Lantern deserves another chance to, to survive. We can't let it just die with <sighs> Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> It's just like that movie just isn't very good. Like I love Martin Campbell. I think Goldeneye and Casino Royale are amazing. This is like what 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 happened there, man? Like Dude, you're talking Hollywood studio, you know, uh, just just I mean, come on the 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 former the what happened there? I don't, the former president of production who's no longer at that studio who messed up so much for starters. Uh, that's one of the things that happened. Uh, and luckily he's gone because he was an obstruction to anything getting made that that, uh, you know, most of us like. And they sent him his walking papers. Uh, that's one thing that went, uh, you know, and uh, there you go. Moving on. I just think that you could have. Like, if we're going to do like like the Green Lantern. Core film is a movie that you could <laughs> do and start with Jon Stewart. Then you you know Idris Elba as John Stewart, who get whoever as John Stewart. It doesn't matter. Absolutely, sure, sure. And then you could you could literally have well, the I very mean, next film be Jessica Cruz Green Lantern. Well, I and mean, just hope that just just hope that both Captain Marvel and Aquaman you know do well because I think that if Aquaman does well, there'll be a, a, a hunger and a thirst at Warner Brothers to continue exploiting uh, this IP, and they will look at what else is sort of you know, out there and fantastical uh, that they can, you know, get these kind of returns in terms of really building out a world. And, you know, I think that Captain Marvel's success will telegraph that same message to them. They have their own version of this, they need to get on it right away. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. So let's, let's, let's segue to the final topic of tonight. Aquaman, you've seen it twice. Thoughts on thoughts on it so seeing it the first time and then seeing it that let's let's get your thoughts of seeing it the first time because we we're gonna see it tomorrow night or friday night and then we're gonna have our own review of it going forward but what are your thoughts on seeing it the first time seeing it well well you know just just 
to say my thoughts and to, to sort of give the context of it. I mean, I've grown up loving all these characters, Marvel and DC alike. I, uh, Aquaman obviously is one of the original, you know, OG, you know, superheroes, right? I mean, you're talking about one of, one of, you know, those iconic characters. And for many years, I really thought Marvel was going to beat them to the punch. It really seemed like, you know, hilariously Namor, which was ironically created before Aquaman, I know, but has way less brand cue was going to make it the theaters before Aquaman. And that would have just been hilarious. And, you know, the world has a funny way of working out, but that didn't happen. And that you did get the triple A Aquaman movie that we've always deserved. And, and that's what it is. I mean, I, I saw Wonder Woman a year and a half ago at the first screen in a similar circumstance. And there was a lot of negative buzz uh, of Wonder Woman, to be honest with you. There was a lot of people mm-hmm. internally at Warner Brothers who did not believe in that movie. It's always funny. Like, the, the people at Warner's who didn't believe in that movie are the people who, who are the people who make all the films that don't make money. I mean, they just they just don't understand what audiences want. And it, literally, you had that situation where they didn't get it. And there's another faction there that's, that's coming up and there's Empower now that does get it. And they were like, no, let's show the movie because we, we know we've got an audience movie. And I think Aquaman is another one of those. It, it just is an absolute audience movie. It's not a misstep like Justice League. It's not a movie like Suicide Squad where they're going to get away with it because it's going to open huge. It is 110% an audience movie. Guys, I, I cannot I, – I don't want to be hyperbolic, which is my nature, but it is just a massively ambitious and successful achievement. James Wan has put together this visual feast – that is such a stunning cinematic experience. And as it gets harder and harder to pull things off on screen that people haven't seen before, he does. He is emotional. It has uh, all the elements you would want for a movie like this. It's fresh. I think it's going to be a tremendously successful movie. And I think it's going to you know, not only launch a franchise, but it's going to really shake things up at DC because I think it's mythology informs a lot of what you could do in future movies in terms of how you cross it over with other characters like wonder woman and Superman and green lantern in that larger justice league sphere. Right. And like, I, we're looking at the numbers right now of, you know, last weekend's box office at in China, $261 million yeah. in China alone so far. That's huge. Yeah, no, I, I mean, the movie is probably doing a billion plus, and domestically, I think it's going to, it could reach incredible heights, we'll see, uh, by the time you guys drop this podcast, I bet, you know, numbers will be coming in, and I'm going to predict it's going to be really high, it, there's a lot of competition out there, but I'm on Twitter, you know, constantly always making, you know, crazy predictions, but I mean, honestly, like, this is a really big movie, I mean, this is, this is a, you know, a triple A achievement, it is uh, emotional, as I just said to you. It is ambitious. It's visually stunning. He is great in it. Uh, the supporting cast is great in it. I, I mean, Patrick Wilson is awesome. Uh, she is awesome as Mara. The, um, William Dafoe is awesome. Nicole Kidman is awesome. The guy who's about Blanta, Black Monta is awesome. I mean, there's just so much going on in this movie uh, that I think it's going to reach really incredible heights. And I just think it's it's that movie that kids are going to be like, they're going to want to own all toys, honestly. Like, what, as it sits right now, I know you said a billion. What, if you were to guess, 
I know you're pretty good at the guesstimation on box office. I don't ever really see you wrong ever. I think the only thing I've seen wrong that you've ever said was maybe solo, but I don't think I knew you were going to go there. Yeah, there's always the misfire. So I try, and I know, and I remember them, and they hurt. Don't worry. I knew when I saw Solo. When I was watching Solo, I was doing like the Rodney Dangerfield pulling my collar, like oh boy. Um, <laughs> Oh, um, no, Jopesh and Goodfellas. Oh, no. Um, what What do you think the top is at the Worldwide Box Office? Well, the, know, top, the, the top is high. No, the top is high. The top is a billion. I mean, I mean, look, I think this movie is pissing a billion dollars. I think the worst case scenario for this movie is it makes north of 900 million worldwide. And that's that worst case scenario is going to make it the highest grossing DC movie. And as I say, it's going to solidify a franchise. And probably shake things up at DC. I think the best case scenario is north of that and is going to shake things up even more. And I think that, you know, don't be surprised this movie reaches some number that is, you know, 1.1, 1.2, 1.3 billion dollars worldwide. You know, I was reading Mark Hughes's review of it and he says, you know, best case scenario, 1.4 billion dollars. I'm just like, holy shit. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, it's 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 possible, honestly. I mean, it's it's the foreign on it is just cleaning up. And what we're all waiting to see as a domestic, it's tracking to have a really strong debut in a release corridor that tends to favor things in terms of their longevity, how they play. Mm-hmm. So, you know, everybody's really curious to see. Now, usually superhero films open really massive and then have a sharp decline, especially DC films, no offense. But you're talking about a word of mouth movie coming out in a corridor that is very beneficial to word of mouth movies. So it's going to have to contend with Spider-Man. It's going to have to contend with Transformers. It's going to have to contend with Mary Poppins. It's a lot of competition. It's a lot of good content out there, but it's, a, it, it's poised to be the biggest opening of the holiday season. And with that launch, I think the word of mouth is going to just keep propelling it. And, you know, when you guys see the movie, I think you'll know what I mean. You know, you may have some gripes here or there about some story issues or some script issues, but on a visual level, and not only a visual level, on an emotional level, whether you have some issues with the script here or there, on an emotional level, what the film pulls off is really a testament to what you can do with this type of material. It's really in that in that space, you know, post Infinity War for me of just where we're going. I just, I just, you know, all I see is Aquaman or Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. I haven't seen anyone talk about, like, oh, I'm really excited for Mary Poppins Returns. <laughs> right. Like, right, I feel like that right. movie's going to underperform. And, you know, like, maybe, you know, some people lose their jobs over that. Um, I think now you're being, I think now you're trying to have fun. But um, <laughs> I, I think Mary Poppins will do just fine. I think you're trying to, uh, but, but, you know, I... Look, I think Mary Poppins are just fine, although I will tell you when it comes to Disney, I think we all get on the Disney bandwagon. Disney's great, but I think Disney, you know, same thing as we should take stock. It's really Marvel is the big, the biggest dog. Right. Uh, the same way DC is the other big dog out there. I mean, I love Star Wars, but I'm the first one to say you can't, you can't make multiple Star Wars movies every year and get those kind of returns or dilute the brand. When it comes to this iconic characters, Marvel and DC – and this includes now Sony. When you look at what happened with Venom, when you look at what's going on with Spider-Verse beyond just Homecoming and the Homecoming sequel, I'm, I, I think you're really dealing with a situation where Marvel and DC IP can be 10 films a year and people will eat it up because this is iconic stuff. Yeah, and it seems like this film has tapped into something that no one 
has seen before the avatar underwater <laughs> kind of aesthetic. I, mean, I haven't seen it, but I've only seen the trailer. Yeah, and, and by the way, that's another thing too. I mean, I think when you're doing this stuff and it goes to what the way Captain Marvel looks and it, in terms of the lost opportunity of the first Green Lantern and the opportunity of leaving money on the table that they better move fast with, with regard to the Green Lantern core, I think there are certain worlds that people want to see explored that the abilities of what we can put on screen now with technology and CG and there are certain worlds that we just haven't gone to and people want to see it. And, and an underwater Atlantis movie whether it was an Aquaman or a Namor movie was you know, probably always something that people wanted to see. But if you do it under the guise of an Aquaman or a Namor movie, you're probably going to be even bigger. And if you do it as the best version of an Aquaman movie, which this is, you're going to reach the maximum potential. I guess my question to you is, since this movie is it's poised to be mega successful, what's next for this Aquaman world? Do you think James Wan will potentially come back Will they just back the Brinks truck up to him and say, here you go, develop it how you want to develop it, um, bring in your people to write the sequel to the script, we want, you, we want to lock you in for sometime 2021, 2022, when that move, this next movie comes out, sign Jason Momoa up, you know, let's get, you know, what do you see for a potential sequel? Yeah, I mean, listen, you 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 kind of just said, a, a, look, a sequel is, isn't a short thing, they're going to fast track a sequel, I'm sure. Uh, I would personally love to see the Aquaman mythology that I saw on screen and the exploitation of that character in that world continue to cross over with Gal Gadot and the Justice League, you know, franchises. But I mean, for me, I've seen the movie. I've seen it a couple times. To your point, I don't think anyone would be better suited now to take over the DC universe. When they mash it all up and they do the next big Justice League movie than James. I, I just think that he has done this incredibly ambitious visual accomplishment where he pulled everything together in this really epic manner. And I would like to see it continue to cross over with those other characters. He could do that. Maybe someone else could do that too. I mean, it depends on what he wants to do. Uh, I'm really excited about seeing more Aquaman. I'm really excited about seeing more Justice League because – it's the same with Marvel. Like when I watch movie like Ragnarok, it doesn't just excite me about scenes. I don't walk out of Ragnarok excited for Thor four. I walk out of Ragnarok excited for Infinity War. Mm -hmm. So when I see a movie like Aquaman, yes, I'm excited for Aquaman two. But I'm not gonna lie, I'm really excited to see how that could cross over and form more DC. Well, do you think that I got this is a two tiered question. So do you think that James Wan will come back? For an Aquaman sequel, yeah, I'm or, sure. Or do you I, think? I, I'm that, sure. Or do you think he's more interested in taking on a Justice League two? I think or, I, I have no idea. I, I I think that's the kind of thing that guys like us get excited about, you know, perpetuating, and you start to you know see that all over the internet and it manifests in the click pain and whatnot. I think right now he did an amazing Aquaman movie, and he built an amazing world, and I think that he could go back to that well, and he could probably exploit more out of it. But I would just tell you that the fanboy in me would really love to continue to see that world cross over with Wonder Woman and with those other characters, right. which we all just don't know what's going on. It, it's, it's harder to geek out about the future of DC than it is Marvel because you look at the Marvel release calendar and your, your hamster wheel on your head starts to spin with all the ideas. With DC, you just don't know. 
But Aquaman is one of the best comic book movies I've ever seen, honestly. It is just a, you know, Herculean undertaking that pays off in dividends in terms of being an audience crowd pleaser. And I want to see more of it. And yeah, again, I'm a fanboy. I want to see how this impacts the DC universe going forward because it has a lot of mythology. And, and you know, again, to go back, I mean, that, that's kind of always one of the things, right? You know, you look at the Marvel movies, different characters impact it, right? Like Thor has, has actually been sort of an unsung hero in terms of how much his mythology is important to building out the larger Marvel universe because he's this interstellar character that bridges those worlds. Aquaman, Arthur, there's a lot of fantastical science fiction mythology in this movie that connects to Wonder Woman's universe and Green Lantern's universe and Superman's universe if you want to go there. I just think that they need to I mean, we'll talk about this in just a second, but I just think that getting him back for an Aquaman 2 right now is the most important Well, I don't thing. know why you're, like, I mean, like, dude, like, I'll do respect, like, why do you think that's not happening? Like, that, that's par for the course. That probably happened yesterday. Well, I just, I, like, I'm like, always, I mean, honestly, that's where I mean, like, like, you're like, like, that's done. That's a done deal, honestly. I hope so. No, you're I'm like, always... you're, you're, you guys, yeah, that, 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 that's, that's. The same way Wonder Woman two is 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 on track. You should have no worries about Aquaman two. Um. So this movie is going to be mega successful. So what does this mean going forward for the DC cinematic universe? I mean, again, we're we're, we're talking about. That. I don't know. I mean, I, I I'm excited about Wonder Woman two. I think Aquaman two to that point is is a isn't a short thing. Uh, the next thing I'd like to see is. Momoa Godot back, you know, on the team with Flash, Cyborg, Batman, Superman, and let's incorporate Green Lantern. But well, does you're asking this... me what I would do. Yeah, what would you do? No, I'm just saying. I just told you. You're asking me what I would do. But <laughs> well, but I, just... I don't know what's going on there. I don't know. You're asking me what I assume Marvel would do. I have no idea what they're going to do. I mean, if this movie's super successful, which is going to be successful, like that's a foregone conclusion, doesn't this kind of make them have to rethink their kind of like this? I'm excited that we're getting. Yeah, to- I mean, yeah, I know you said you're saying the movie does 1.3 billion, for example. What is the impact? And, I, I, you know, I, I guess what I would tell you is that when Wonder Woman did what it did, I thought they were inoculated, whatever happened with Justice League, because they were just going to keep moving forward, right? Right. And they kind of did. I mean, you had Aquaman coming out. You and I have spoken about this before, you know, all of us. And they were making Shazam, and they're making Wonder Woman 2. So, but at the same time, they've also kind of having their cake and eat it, too, with regard to what they're doing with this Joker movie, which we just discussed. Um, They are making a spin-off of Suicide Squad. They are developing a Suicide Squad sequel. And yeah, which is a, you know, a great idea. And they're working on a potential, you know, some version of of another Flash movie like we were just talking about, whether it's Flashpoint or not. So, again, I I would just hope that this film over indexing, overperforming will not only inform, you know, successful sequels, but will inform confidence to take him and take her and say that we've got two franchises that are really thriving right now. 
whatever happened with Justice League, you can attribute that to various factors. I mean, you had a transition of directors on that movie. That's always a bad situation. I think when you're dealing with a shared universe and you have so many installments, you know, you don't look at Justice League like a failed attempt that you can't make a sequel. You look at Justice League like a stumble and you say there's, you know, still money in those hills at some point, especially based on how Aquaman does and how Wonder Woman 2 does and how Shazam does and how eventually Aquaman 2 does. So I think you're going to get these films and I, I hope that if they're successful, it will create a confidence level about putting them all back together in some really big, massive undertaking. Well, doesn't this Aquaman success, won't they have to look at Superman, you know, Henry Cavill Superman? Won't they have to look at Ben Affleck Batman and be like, well, okay, well, we know that this cinematic universe is kind of thriving right now. Would it make sense to recast those two main characters? Do you see what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, there? I mean, I totally agree with you. And again, it's, it's we're kind of, <laughs> I'm saying to you, yes, but I'm, but at the same time, I, you know, we, we're, we're in uncharted territory, right? Because we know, right. we know how one studio has done things. And we've also seen, you know, the in-between of that, which has been Sony and man, I would have told you Venom wasn't going to work. I mean, I always thought Venom was going to just do okay. I didn't think Venom would would reach the maximum carnage, pardon the pun, uh, <laughs> that it did. I like that. Uh, you know, and and I watched it, and I was like, well, but it is entertaining. I mean, if I check my pretentiousness at the door, I, I see why it's going to do what it's going to do, and it did what it did. But I, I just think once you open that Pandora's box, and the Joker's part of that, so it's like. If you can kind of have your cake and eat it too, at some point, if Aquaman is making a billion plus and Wonder Woman 2 is doing well and you've got those two franchises working, you you make a Birds of Prey movie and it makes a lot of money, but your Joker movie is making money. I mean, you know, I used to, to defend Warners to people years ago when they would say, why aren't they making all the DC stuff? And I would say, because they're also making money with Harry Potter. So if DC starts making money for them, in non-Justice League manners, they don't have to follow Marvel, I'll be honest, whatever we may want. I mean, but is Harry Potter, is that Fantastic Beast movies, are they making money? It doesn't seem like they but are. I'm not, no, but I, wasn't, but I wasn't talking about that. I, what I'm saying right. to you is, I'm saying that years ago, when people were saying, why isn't Warner Brothers getting off their butts and making all these DC movies, I was saying because they have Harry Potter movies and because they have Ocean's Eleven movies. And so I'm saying the same thing to you right now. It's not about beasts. Obviously, DC is far more valuable than that. What I'm saying to you is that when Aquaman is making money and when Wonder Woman is making money and if Shazam makes money and if the Joker makes money, they don't have to do what we want. It doesn't work that way. It just doesn't. I know everybody on the internet thinks it does, but it really doesn't. Makes sense to me. Uh, it makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah, too. I mean, like, sorry, like when the grosses are in, you know, he pays the piper. Okay, like that's how it works. So we can all say, hey, they're leaving money on the table, but you know, what you're asking me is, want to change things? And I'm kind of telling you, well, it could be careful what you wish for because it could change things, or it could also empower the strategy of standalone movies. I mean, as like at the end of the day, as long as the standalone movies work. And there is some potential for a, you know, a, a team up film at some point. I'm happy. I do want Wonder Woman 2 to be successful. I want Aquaman to be successful. I want these Batman movies to be successful. I'd love for them to, 
you know, figure out what they're going to be doing with Superman. I hope Shazam is going to be successful. I don't know if it's going to be. Shazam's a wild card for me because I can't I can see it go either way. I mean, it's low budget enough to where it can make money. But what are, what do they want? That well, that's exactly it, though. It's one of those things. It's like I don't think Shazam's going to make you know Uber dollars, but I think right. you know based on the budget, the ROI will be there. So, so that's exactly the point. I mean, I can play these games, you guys, because I am a fan. But like at the end of the day, be careful because you know a nine hundred million dollar Aquaman grossing movie tells you maybe there's more injustice. One point four billion says, hey, maybe you better not mess things up. You just don't know. You just don't know. Right. I I, I would like them all to come together. What I will tell you right now is that Aquaman is one of the best superhero movies I've ever seen, whether it's whether he has sequels on his own or whether he interfaces with the Justice League characters in future movies. It, it doesn't really matter. I mean, it's if it does 1.4 billion, it's definitely it's just definitely gonna have to have there's gonna have to be a conversation at the studio. Okay, what's next? Yeah, I, I think if Aquaman grosses some insane number beyond the sequels. You want to you want to look at Ju Wonder Woman as I said. That's why I keep bringing that one up to you guys because I would say look at those two franchises and say okay, it's like Sony, right? Venom has worked. They got Spider Man. We don't know what's going to happen with Mobius. We don't know if Mobius is going to work. We don't know if Black Cat is going to work. Same way Marvel didn't know if Thor Cap were going to work once Iron Man was already uh, a success, but they didn't care at that point. They were making Avengers. They had Iron Man. They had Hulk. They were just moving forward. So right. at this point. Once you have Wonder Woman being so successful and Aquaman being successful, I would hope, as I keep saying, the confidence is there. But I will also keep telling you guys, get over your fanboy, clickbait, internet, you know, social media thing and realize that, you know, they don't have to do what we all want to do if the numbers are there. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Sucks. You know, but it makes sense. Yep. Sucks. Sucks. If we all think <laughs> it could be better in a certain way, but it's... DC can figure out a way to make four movies a year and they're not cross-pollinating. You know, the stockholders are happy. Because it's making the money. Exactly. Um, I, you know, I really hope that, you know, Aquaman works out and they have to reevaluate. All right. What, you know, let's look at the, let's look at Batman. Let's look at Superman again. Let's really crap. Let's really dive deep. Is this the best plan going forward with Batman? Is this the best plan going forward with Superman? I hope there's that conversation. Do I think that conversation is going to happen? No. It's at the end of the day, I just want good films. That's it. Aquaman, I, I'm so excited to see it. I've been saying it for two I, years I think, now. Yeah, I think it's ironic that Marvel had done a situation where they fleshed out all the characters in their own movies, or many of the characters in their own movies, before they started to pollinate them over in, with one another. And with regard to... DC, what they did was they were, they were trying to catch up fast, and you had a lot of catch-up being done in BVS and then in Justice League, and that kind of cut up with them. Uh -huh. So now maybe there's a moment to breathe, and that's kind of what's going on. And, and, and that was very easy to achieve with Wonder Woman because the first one was a period piece. It'll continue to be somewhat easy with the sequel because the second film was a period piece. Right. The, you know, at some point, though, you've got to bring her back into the modern world, and the Aquaman franchise does take place in the modern world. And so these characters in the modern world are in a world where Superman and Batman and The Flash and Cyborg exist. And that's also a world where the Suicide Squad exists and where Birds of Prey exists and where Green Lantern's going to exist. So I would just feel at some point you should and would cross them over. 
And if you do it right, you will see massive dividends the way Marvel has seen. But, you know, I also understand the impetus to take a moment and to let things breathe. I mean, as long as this, the, these characters, as long as I continue to see Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, as long as I see Jason Momoa as Aquaman, you know, I'm happy. I know we're going to like, like I keep saying to you, dude, there's no you've got no worries about an Aquaman <laughs> 2 being fast tracked. That's already done, man. Like you should consider that film already shooting. So <laughs> like like at this point, I don't know how, how else to impress that upon you. When you look at these foreign numbers and the tracking, Aquaman 2 is fast tracked. It's green lit. It's done. The question is, what are the ramifications of its success on the broader DC universe? My, okay, so I know we said, I knew, you know, before we started this, I said Aquaman would be the last thing. But I'm curious your thoughts. This will be the last thing we talk about. I'm curious what Kyle thinks. Because I don't think we've talked about this. James Gunn, Suicide Squad 2. Bringing him over, you know, his massively successful Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, just, 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 a, just, a, I mean, again, like, I, I, you know, I, I give credit where credit is due because I really despised Suicide Squad. And when I walked out of that movie, I was just like, okay, Leto was okay. She was great. And everything else was to me just like atrocious, honestly. And, but it made a ton of money and it's a brand. And it's like, how do you do that? And, you know, when I hear things like The Rock, that's really cool. Or you get James Gunn, like James Gunn, you know, Hiring James Gunn is like a brilliant master stroke. It's just, it's like, I wish he was doing Guardians 3. So there are a lot of people, hey, he's doing Suicide Squad 2. I mean, honestly, it's, it's just a, it's a master stroke. So, so I know he's been hired, I'm using quotations, to write the script. I think that this, you know, depending, like, is it just like, like this, you know, underground secret that he's just going to just end up directing Suicide Squad 2? Like, well, is I, mean, it- I don't think they would have hired him to write the script without the concept that he's going to direct the movie. But again, I would also tell you that being hired to develop a project does not mean that you actually are making it, as you right. guys very well know. So, right. you know, just like The Rock at one point was rumored to star in the movie as Black Adam, which I thought was a really smart way to keep the brand alive. Having Gunn come on board the project is a really smart way to keep the brand alive. But, you know, at this point, let's wait till there's a script and casting and, and production start date news before we start getting all excited about that movie. But that is a really smart way into keeping that brand alive, just like making a spinoff of Suicide Squad starring Harlequin and not only, you know, making that movie, but calling it Birds of Prey specifically is a really smart way to extend that brand. Well, what what I, what I love about the move is I wasn't really excited about Suicide Squad too. So I'm not like I watched it the other day. I'm just like, what? It's terrible, honestly. I mean, I mean, I mean, it's terrible. I'm just like, what? Like that's the movie that has aged so poorly in the DC cinema. It just does not. It's so much. It wants to so much be something, but it can't figure out what it's. I mean, this whole James Gunn, Kyle, you know, like you have, you're more articulate than I am when it comes to, you know, oh yeah, you know, G- Suicide Squad and James Gunn, the thoughts. I've had very, very strong opinions on Suicide Squad in the past on the show. <laughs> um, needless to say, I had zero interest in the project. And the fact that James Gunn 
is now all of a sudden tied to it is one of the very few things in the entire universe that could ever actually make me interested in this project. So I'm consciously optimistic about it now. Good job, DC. Well, I mean, I See, mean, there you go. Yeah. I mean, that's that, it, it's just you just said it right. I mean, that's that you're taking a big, a big tainted brand because it's a big brand because it it had a major marketing campaign and it had all these elements like Will Smith mixed with the Joker and she busted out as Harlequin and a cool title. And it, it, it just had this huge opening. And then it was just honestly like one of the most worst films ever put on celluloid. And but people know the brand. And guys like Kyle and are like, but James Gunn, that, that keeps us excited. I mean, are you, do you think that James Gunn, will you continue with the idea of bringing The Rock in, Kyle? And then I'll ask Stan the same thing. Probably not. I think he'd be more willing to do his own thing. Or maybe even bring in one of his guys, like Dave Bautista or something. But I'll say to you one way or the other. I mean, either way, it's just that's I mean, I, that just tells me that somebody at DC is actually thinking how to keep these things alive, whether it's The Rock or Gun. To be honest, like that's a vote of confidence because it tells me that they're they're trying to say, okay, this movie made a lot of money. Everybody knows it. You know, everybody also hated it. How do you sequelize it? You either put The Rock in it, or you get the director of Guardians of the Galaxy to reboot it. Like you're just doing like, smart things with it. I'm worried about The Rock because he's doing like 100 movies a year. You know, he did Rampage, he did Skyscraper, Jumanji was a huge success. He has that, you know, Jungle Cruise with Emily Blunt. I think that's the name of it. Um, he's doing something else as well. He's doing Hobbs and Shaw. Why are they? I know. They... I'm, I'm, as, you, as you go through the resume of all the movies he's making and all the hundreds of millions of dollars, I'm very worried about him too. No, no, I'm worried that they're not like. <laughs> I'm worried that they're not going to get him. He's going to be do, you know, doing something else, and won't be able to do Black Adam. That's oh, well. That, that's a valid worry based on based on all the projects you mentioned. Uh, look, man, let's see what happens. I mean, seriously, I, I, I look. I don't. My excitement for Shazam, which was really high, started to cool off when I heard that Black Adam wasn't going to be an integral part of that movie, and they were doing his own movie because I thought that a Black Adam movie was cool, but it was at the expense of a of the best version of the Shazam movie. Uh, but Black Adam starting Suicide Squad is a really cool concept. I, you know, I hope that happens. But again, that was also prior to gunboarding the project, like Kyle just said. So I just think both of those developments, though, and we may get a version of Suicide Squad that is not part of any of those developments. But it's just a vote of confidence, as they say, to how they're developing it to keep it alive. I, you know, like James Gunn. Triple-A director, he's got this quirky sensibility, and it kind of fits in this, you know, this Suicide Squad. Because you already know it's going gonna, it's, you know, gonna to be way better than what we've already seen. Like, that's a foregone conclusion. You're going to get a highly, highly entertaining, really well-made film. Like, like it's just going to be amazeballs, as long as he's still directing it. I mean, even if he doesn't direct it, that's I'm sure that script... Is going to be amazeballs. So, I think that's it. I think we've we've chatted. You know, Aquaman's going to be hugely successful. We're looking forward to seeing it either tomorrow night, Friday night. Dan, where can we find you on social media? Find me at dalto 7 All your DC buddies always attack me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's like I'm the biggest Batman, Green Lantern, Superman geek ever, but for some reason they all come hitting me. Because you're, you're not a show for Zack Snyder. 
I love Zack Snyder. <laughs> I, 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 I'm an apologist for Man of Steel, and I don't hate BVS. Um, you know, at the same time, I think that that Avengers showed the tone that people want from superhero movies, and that not everything has to be postmodern and dark and deconstructed, and that if you want that, that's fine, but you should also be fair and not project that onto everybody else and force them to have that, and majority rules. I'm going to say this. Watchmen is the most underappreciated comic book film of all time. And yeah. like that is probably top five greatest comic book movies ever put to film. Oh, yeah. it's, 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 a, it's a great adaptation of that material. And, it, and he's, he does a really great job servicing that. And it's, it's a testament to him as a comic book fan. And I think a lot of the dynamics that he works with in the movies that he did in the DC universe. But, you know, again, it's like, at the end of the day, is Alan Moore's take on superheroes what the general audience wants, or does the general audience want the origin take of superheroes? And the, uh, you know, you have to just ask what I mean. It's it's again, it's great what people who are critics and film school students and professors want. I go with what audiences want, as obviously Disney and Marvel have. And I think that when you look at you know the success they had Wonder Woman, and I think when you also look at how the success they're going to have with Aquaman. Man, I just think you know you see the same results. I'm sorry, you know people want to be entertained first and foremost. I mean, this is you know the the golden era of the comic book superhero film. Yeah, and so and and, and it doesn't mean there's not room again to play around and be dark. And I think that's what uh, Avengers Endgame looks like it's going to do. And I think that's what this Joker movie is going to do. But I think one of the uh, mistakes Warner Brothers or specifically you know Snyder may have made with the DC movies was just getting so dark and postmodern. That, that 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 was a take that early on was, I think, a reach creatively of what audiences wanted. I think that was, a, a you know, you were underestimating what audiences wanted there. I think there should have been a few more jokes in BBS. And yeah, I said I, I, both of them. I mean, again, I, I, and I and I defend both films, especially Man of Steel, by the way. But at the end of the day, I just think the audience spoke and I think they were they were saying we don't want this. And again, I know there's a lot of people who get upset and angry about that because like the darker stuff. And I'm sorry for you. In this, if, if you, you know, prefer something and it's it's not compatible with what is being, you know, uh, embraced by the larger uh, audience, but ultimately these companies are in the business of servicing their stockholders, and that's what you're dealing with. So that's going to be it for 124. Uh, I want to thank Dan for coming on. Always appreciate you coming on. So thank you again for doing that, guys. It's always fun. Um, I'm going to see Aquaman a third time on Christmas Day and uh, really am impressed with it and really am happy for uh, James Wan because he's, he's a hardworking uh, guy in this town who has uh, really just, just amassed an incredible resume. And uh, I hope that the film is a tremendous success and does nothing but uh, just benefits the greater DC universe. That is going to be a wrap for us here at Shanlin on Batman. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Shanlin on Bat as well as follow us on Facebook at Shanlin on Batman Podcast. So until next time, everybody, good night.